Good morning. Um, I'll take a little time again this morning to talk about uh, the practice, and then uh, uh, the rest of the morning uh, will be silent. <coughs> we'll practice uh, going from uh, you know, sitting to walking to sitting to walking. Some of us will have uh, small groups to participate in. <coughs> So there's one view, there's, uh, so there's the technique of what we're doing and how to apply mindfulness, and I'll talk about this more, but there's also a, a, a wise view that comes, uh, can come with uh, practice. It will, this is what will be developed as we practice, the view, the understanding will change, the way we perceive uh, things will change. It's good to know from the get-go because it can help us also uh, to hear a little bit about the view. So when we're practicing uh, mindfulness in this tradition, what happens over time is we take things less and less personally. I talked about this uh, yesterday in the teaching, that suddenly there is life and life takes many forms. There's a sense of responsibility, a very high sense of responsibility in the, in the, in this practice because we care. So caring is a, a way to, to take care, to take responsibility. So we care about what's happening in this mind and we decide to act on some of the thoughts and ideas and not to act on others. So it's not unconscious, you know, it's not careless, it's not... Uh, it, so there's a lot of care, but at the same time a lot of responsibility, but we're getting away from the field of guilt or selfing or identifying or being in fusion with events that are happening inside of us even. Uh, and uh, so one way that I think about it sometimes when I'm about to sit or enter into a time of retreat, intense uh, practice like we're doing, is I'll remind myself uh, and to me it's liberating to think this way, I like to think this way, it's inviting. N notice if it is for you or not, it might not be, it might not work the same for you. But for me when I think, Pascal, we're going to sit here and walk and pay attention to this uh, uh, body and all this, these senses and all the inner life, you know, the psychic life. And yes, it's going to be very personal in one way. It's going to be about what's happening to Pascal. You know? But in a way also, and that might be a very wise view, a way to hold what is happening, what is going to be experienced is so not personal. It's human nature. This is a journey into human nature, into nature. So aching, public domain. Distress, public domain, quietness, public domain, you know, it's nature, human nature. 2,600 years ago, people would come to the Buddha and they would say, oh, my mind is all over the place, I'm upset by this, oh my God, it became so spacious in the heart and loving, you know, and this is the story of humanity. So when we come here and we put, we could think about it as putting on the Dharma lens, you know, the Dharma being here, uh, the definition of Dharma in this context with the big capital D, Dharma, is the teachings of the Buddha. So we put down uh, our usual lens of like what I want, what I need, what, uh, what happened to me, what will happen to me, will it happen to me, what, if, what does it mean if it doesn't happen to me, <laughs> etc. So we put this down and we put on... Uh, these glasses, suddenly it's phenomena. Wow, look at that. Seeing, seeing. It's not like I'm seeing or I'm hearing. Hearing, hearing is a thing of nature. <clears throat> hearing. Oh, feeling grumpy. Feeling grumpy is an, uh, an event that happens in nature, in human nature, <laughs> certainly. You know, Confusion, fear, joy tingling, lightness, hardness, softness, movement, expansion, contraction, uh, beauty, pleasantness, displeasure, 
are things of nature. And so this is a view. And it might talk to me. What it does to me is, that's very personal. <laughs> what it does to this human being is, I feel for, for me it's kind of a being welcomed back in humanity. It's not about, you know, it's, it's like, wow, this, this is fully a human being totally welcome back to humanity. It's not like a, a, either a, a, a mistake, a failure of nature that Pascal exists. You know, It's often like a kind of hidden unconscious belief. Or it could be another version that Pascal belongs more than others or is above, you know. Or, you know, that only Pascal <coughs> experiences this, you know. Or that it's his fault or something like this. this oh, look at that, nature... So I'm sitting here for a few days, uh, touching the universal, and it takes a personal, you know, it's not, you know, it's me, maybe who's tired, not you, like it's located here, but still, this is human experience. So that's a view that you might hold, play with this week. It might talk to you, it might help you, or not, you can discard it if you don't, uh, if it doesn't resonate in some way. Uh, so that's something about uh, the view here and so everything we do happens a little bit within this or we're, we're going towards this toward, towards an opening of the heart of like wow human beings they're like this they get, they get uh, stressed out they get, uh, they get hooked by stuff you know mm-hmm. And then, oh, they also are able to expand their hearts, you know, and allow something that seemed unallowable, you know, uh, etc. And so by paying attention, we discover the naturalness of this whole experience, how hearing happens on itself, you know. There's a human being, there's hearing. It's not so personal. It's a it's a human nature event, hearing. One of the things it does also here is it gives me a break from me. Because otherwise I'm stuck with Pascal all the time, you know. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> you know, and so I can take a break from Pascal a bit while being in the middle of this human experience. It's not about me anymore. It's about, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's phenomena, phenomena. Phenomena in uh, Pali, in this, the language of this tradition, it's interesting. Phenomena, uh, do you know the word in Pali for phenomena? It's dharma with a small d. So dharma with a big d is the nature... There's many definitions of it. It could be also defined as the teachings of the Buddha, but the nature of things. The Buddha teaching the nature, how things are naturally coming to be or ceasing to be. And uh, Dharma with a small d refers to, uh, to phenomena. And yesterday, you might remember, I was talking a little bit about investigation, the, f- the factor of uh, maybe curiosity, that we bring to this practice. In Pali, the word is, uh, the translation for investigation is uh, Dhamma Vichaya. Dhamma Vichaya means investigation of phenomena. Already in that little expression, it's saying, honey, it's not that personal. <laughs> Dhamma Vichaya, we're going to study human nature, the nature of a uh, heartache, the nature of confusion, the nature of joy, the nature of a a body being aligned and comfortable, the nature of a body feeling crooked or achy. And so what we're seeing in these, uh, these dhammas that we're studying, these phenomena I mentioned, everything related to the body experience, the bodily experience, senses and posture and breath. This is a whole field of phenomena. When we're a human being, we're embodied. So it comes with all these. 
this phenomena of moments of hearing, moments of seeing, ephemeral moments of uh, sensations, impressions of the body. Yeah. This very alive dynamic, the more we quiet down, the more we notice this river-like nature of life. We're not always hearing. Sometimes we're obsessed by a story. We don't hear the birds anymore. There's not hearing. There's just imagery that is uh, alive. Suddenly imagery ceases, and we're born again, in a way, in a world of sounds and temperature, until it disappears again. Yeah? The study of, uh, in Buddhism, the study of nature is, f- f- it's not nature, like what nature is. Um, I don't have the philosophical words, I don't, I'm not a scholar, I'm, I'm, I'm a practitioner, so I, I, I lack a lot of things. We're not studying, it's not about stating what reality is. The study of Buddhism is from the very perspective of the human being. Do you understand this? It's not saying reality is like this. It's more saying like reality from the point of view, from this location, is like this. It's ephemeral. Things appear and disappear. And we tend to solidify things. And then we're shocked when suddenly they disappear or change. Or, you know. And so the phenomena that we're paying attention to, that we're letting arise and be known fully, are phenomena of the senses. And then, similarly, the experience of pleasure, displeasure, and neutrality, it's embedded in the senses. It's not completely separate, but it's a way to focus on different aspects of experience. Right? Like the tingling is a particular thing. But the pleasantness of the tingling is a particular thing in the tingling. Do you see what I mean? Because sometimes there's tingling, but it's unpleasant. Sometimes there's tingling, but it's pleasant. So the Buddha is saying, oh, you'll see this arise and pass also. Notice this. And then he mentioned this yesterday also. He mentions the mind states. I use that term as a wide range, and I'll, I'll talk about this just a little bit again. So, mind states... States of mind, somebody wrote me a note in another retreat a few weeks ago. Is mind state different than states of mind? I said, no, honey, they're the same. <laughs> so mind states, states of mind, état d'esprit, état d'âme en français, the state of the heart. Like it's a vast field of, uh, of tonality in the... In, in the inner, vast inner space. So, mind states, states of mind, emotions. It even includes uh, moods also. Emotions would be maybe, could be quickly, just here now, described as a wave of a tone, effective thing. A mood maybe would have a little bit more duration, maybe like an undertone. We could agree on this, maybe. And it even includes factors of mind, qualities of mind. So sometimes you're sitting there, you're like, oh, but I don't have an emotion. Like, I'm not sad or particularly happy. It's neutral. But there's something that is there. There's attention that is stable or unstable. There is curiosity or absence of curiosity. So there's always some little thing that is active in there. You know, it's either silent in there or it has a lot to say. Yeah? And although we might say there's no, you know, and sometimes, yeah, suddenly there's tenderness or grumpiness, and we can feel it. Last night I didn't sleep well at all. And so this morning there was, uh, I mean, there was several things interesting for me. Uh, But this morning I was grumpy. I'm not very often grumpy, I think. I believe. (laughs) and Ayas knows me well Um, but anyway this morning apart from whatever idea I have about myself (laughs) this morning there was definitely crumpiness so I was sitting there and it was interesting how the sounds were annoying and people were annoying and I was annoying and you know like it was it was uh, it was bent that way like 
And so it was interesting for me to feel, and even like the way my kind of experience of my face was a little different. It was like there was something in the in the physiology, in the, in the sensations, but then I could see how oh, the 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 uh, perceptions are altered, you know, because when I'm in a good mood, sounds are welcome. They, they make me laugh. They or they elicit you know, care, compassion, or sometimes curiosity or something, you know. But then it was like, what, what, what's going on? What? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I could see it. It was really interesting. And so Charles Genoux, a colleague of mine that I, I like his teaching a lot, he, he says, emotions, they're the opposite of a chameleon. Chameleon, they take the color of their environment. And emotions, they give color to the environment. <laughs> And so in the study of uh, moods and emotions and uh, qualities of mind, we can become aware of this. In the sitting, as we're sitting, as we're walking, we can see that, you know, in discouragement, this t- suddenly the perception of time is altered. <gasps> Three more days of this. <laughs> Why did I do this to myself, you know? And in the different states of mind, state of mind, it's like, oh, I wish I had a whole month to do this research, you know, I want to, you know, time is precious, it looks different, it feels different, self, others, future, past, even past, you would think past is an objective thing, not not so, when you pay attention to moods and emotions, it's like, oh, I've been so lucky, I've been so cared for in all these ways, you know, and in a different mood, it's like, People have been after me for years. You know, like, like, why do I always get people? You know, wh- whatever you, your view is, do do you see a little? I'm maybe I'm caricaturing a bit, or maybe not at all. And so here, instead of being duped, entranced. Um, by the way, if you're French speaking, and sometimes there's a word I keep repeating, and you don't know what it is. Raise your hand, and I'll translate it, and we might find out that this word doesn't exist even in English. (laughs) (laughs) um, But instead of being under the trance of that, do you do you see what I what is meant by that? Believing this, seeing through this, being born that reality where people are really annoying, you know. We become aware of it. That's the turn that is happening. We actually learn to feel it. One way is that I uh, think sometimes of uh, emotions and moods and qualities of mind, uh, inner states, etc., is uh, works well for me. I think of uh, national parks, especially because I've seen a few of them uh, in the states in, in the USA. You know, if you think of the Everglades. Do you see like the, the other imagery of the Everglades or imagery of Death Valley or Yosemite or Joshua uh, Tree National Park? They're very different field, very different uh, geology, very different uh, temperature. Everything's different about them. When you, when you, if you land in the middle of uh, one of these, you know, like, wow. There's a particular something, humidity or dryness or everything, fauna and flora is different. And so it's the same with mind states. <clears throat> Often I feel like, oh my God, okay, I'm in the National Park of Fear. This, this is the rock formations. You know, this is the kind of trees that grow there, you know. This, this is the tone that you have when you're visiting that national park. Can I be awake to it? You know, it's not personal. Many people go through these parks. And now I'm in the middle of that park. It's a unique chance to actually take it in and get to know how it is to be in there, what's growing in there. So just paying attention. So investigation, Dhamma Vichaya, it's not that active. It's, it's more, it seems almost passive, I think. It's just paying attention. Like a biologist studying uh, an animal. You know, they hide, I think. That's what they do. <laughs> anyway, in kids' movies, that's what they do. 
they hide and they let the animals do what they do. They don't go like, hey, you know, they stare and they go, oh. So they use a lot of patience and they see, oh, they come out at night. Let's see how they relate to each other. Let's see what they eat and how they do what they do, you know. And they stay there and they use a lot of patience and a lot of listening, a lot of attentiveness. And then discoveries are made, you know. And so here, that's the invitation today. There's probably going to be a few moons. Some of us are more, have a more like uh, rich life around that, <laughs> you know. And so you're the lucky ones today. <laughs> yes. Can I ask a question? Yeah. I'm sure you explained it, but I think I might have missed it. So emotion, mood, and state of mind, there's a difference between the three, or does emotion, the emotion you're feeling in the moment, affect your mood and state of mind? Yeah, you could, I mean, there's all kinds of ways of talking about this, and I'm sure modern psychology and other people would, would be, uh, but the idea here is for you to, to experience it. And so you might see that a particular emotion so I'm, I'm using my way, my investigation to describe it, is I'll notice for me that when there's an emotion, for me I, dis- I would say an emotion as a, as a wave-like nature, that's something I've found, you know, that it comes a big wave of something, or a small wave of something, and then it passes. So the ephemerality is something that might be <clears throat> noticed, but it might have an impact on the thoughts, you know. When I'm in a benevolence or something like this, the thoughts are very different than when I'm uh, reactive. When I'm reactive, usually the nuances are out of the window. So my thinking process doesn't allow for nuance. So like this, they're like this, they've always been like this, and this is how they're going to be, you know. And it's like, ooh, it doesn't... So it, it affects the thinking. So I don't know what you would call for yourself states of mind or mindset. To me, in a way, they're somewhat synonymous for me. And then uh, I'm interested in the behavior of the mind, the tone in there, the charge. So that's one way that I feel this, the charge of a mind state. You know, uh, when I'm slightly uh, scattered, you know, the mind will go like, say something about something, then go to something else. It's not charge, you know. And sometimes it's very charged. <gasps> oh my God, I have to do this. Oh, I forgot. You know, like there's a, a charge to it. So these are things that I've experienced for myself, you know, that you might also. So I'm think, giving little pointers here. When I say all this, you have to be careful not to say, okay, I have to catch everything and deconstruct everything. This is not what we're doing. What we're doing here is we're actually bringing together two kinds of energy that will create the field of investigation. One kind of energy is calm energy. Calm. So we're calming, we're pacifying by staying with the breath, by allowing silence to be known, by stilling the body, we're developing calm. And by inviting ourselves to feel, to know, to notice to, yeah, to become conscious of what's happening, we're raising the energy level. So we're playing with calming energy, we're raising the calming energy, and we're bringing also uh, energy. So calm and energy are the two kind of factors we're bringing in. When they're together, there's good, in, there's good, uh, there's insight, insight might arise. Because if there's too much calm, what happens? <laughs> and suddenly I'm talking with a duck somewhere, you know, like, and I'm like, what, what was that exactly? Because there's not enough awakening factors, you know, we could say, or energizing factors. So I want some calm, some, so the calm for me is non-reactivity, saying, Pascal, can you allow this to be there? You don't like that, but can that be allowed to be there? Can that be known? You know, so I'm inviting calming into discomfort, maybe, calming into this. And I'm inviting also uh, energy. Can that be known? Can you allow it to be fully known? Can you 
kind of imp- let your attention be like water in the sponge and feel. Can you go into the ache in the knee and be alive in it? Notice. You know? So these two things together will create the field for discoveries. Does that seem doable? It's very, very progressive. We can't force this. It's really a a matter of, it's extremely simple. It's to actually, when you're stepping outside later, to really be there for the stepping. If suddenly there's an impression of cold, you know, let this be known. Oh, cold, cold. Let Let this be registered. That's a, a verb there. Do you have a question? Yes. Um, you talk often about like observing and being curious. The phenomena, it's uh, na- like natural phenomena, it's, it's easier. But when I, I've noticed that when I try to observe it, like a state of mind, I, I, I tend to be um, caught in it more than observing it. So I was wondering if you had... Not a trick, but yeah. <laughs> something that could help me not to get cut so much in, I don't know, discomfort and, or yeah. maybe create a little distance yeah. because it, yeah, yeah. Like quickly I... You get entranced and caught and... and, and yeah. Yeah. So one of the ways to, to do it, maybe there's two ways, deconstruction and compassion. So deconstruction is what I've been talking about. So it's, where is it felt? So you bring a little curiosity in. So, hold on, yeah, I know you have a lot to say, but, and we're, we're actually conditioning this, because I'm talking about this, and then we're all doing this, so we remind each other, so I'm like, oh, and then I see somebody who's, you know, and then I go, oh, hold on, what's happening for me? You know. So first thing could be, Where's this felt in the body? Could, can that be located in the body? Oh yeah, heart beating, face red, uh, I don't know, heavy uh, electric hands. I don't know what you'll find, but hollow heart, you know, uh, uh, nut in the guts, you know. So you might discover, you know, oh, throat, throat tightness in the throat. Can that be felt physically? Uh, so that's one is there a tone that I can recognize, you know? And also, keep grounding yourself, again, in the reality of the senses. Because it's very palpable. Can I be there with stepping, stepping? Or can I feel the breath, feel the breath? And now, how is the heart feeling the breath? How is the, what is the mood? And so you can reconnect with, ground yourself with, can I hear, can I hear? Okay, I can hear. How's the mood? Yeah, there is this hollowness, or there is this lightness that is there. Can I hear again? So, kind of go like this. The other, if it's difficult emotion, then compassion is a good thing, you know? So, for me, one of the ways I do compassion is by becoming aware, like, for example, grumpy this morning. Oh, grumpy. Oh, it's not easy to be grumpy for a human being. It's not easy to be grumpy. Ah, look at this grumpy person. Feel them. It's not easy to feel that. So a kind of accompanying, kind of holding. Mm-hmm. This also is a very progressive development of this, but it's good to know about this. Am I being a friend to this person? So making it not so personal is if you were to meet a person like that, how, how would you be with them? You know? So when I sit in, oh, my love, there's so much confusion here. Oh, you don't like this big reactivity. You don't like that. Huh? That didn't go as you wanted. Uh, that's, that's really hard for a human being when things turn differently than they want. Really hard. Let's be caring for this being here. So it's a way to stay with the uh, emotion and to accompany it skillfully. If it's overwhelming in some ways, it's good to actually go nurture the mind in some ways or get out. So if you, you know there's contraction in the chest, you can't stay there all day. It's going to be exhausting. So it's important at some point to turn and look at the scenery. If the scenery is uh, is supportive, is uh, is helping uh, appease the system. Yeah. 
if it's intense and your eyes are closed, you can open the eyes and look. What is reassuring here? For example, the red bell there, emergency, it's not reassuring. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, when I look around, it's better I don't look there, you know, <laughs> if I'm triggered in some way. But if I look and maybe, oh, the rocks there, the, there's something warm, or the wood, something, or the space, space, or the light. You see, when I look for it, I personally I find many things. Oh, the light and space, there's something appeasing about it. So I can actually rest in that. I don't have to be stuck in the heart area or the guts or here. So it's very skillful if the flowers do that to you. And so outside, if you're walking, you could stop and look at the trees or feel the freshness of the air. So nurturing oneself. Okay, so that's the few words that I'll say on this for this morning. And we'll do our exploration. And uh, can that be okay? okay? So notice the state of your mind already. We're going to go into... But you might... You might have a state of mind that is there. Are you believing in it? Or are you aware of it? You know, Maybe you're very... It's neutral. You can notice this. Maybe you are annoyed. Can you be aware of that? Maybe you feel tender. So we don't have to be efficient, productive being here. We just uh, pay attention, listen, open, open up to what's happening in the, in the way that is possible for us just now. And things will reveal themselves. We don't have to dig for them, to go get them. Start by noticing that there is a body here. And we see if we can allow the body to be just as it is right now, the field of sensations to be like this. life, taking this form, nothing personal about it, it's nature. So the experience of the breath. is like this. And by allowing a little bit of silence and stillness, creates a space of knowing. In which the mood, the tone in there, might become clear, or reveal itself. 
sometimes it's particularly benevolent in there, just kind. Sometimes it's particularly rigid or harsh in there, or spacious, or quiet, or busy. We see if we can allow that to be known. be an experience of grief or lightness, joy, can that be okay just now? And if nothing is standing out in this way, we can hang out with hearing, breathing, discover that boredom comes in, or agitation, impatience, or maybe it's going to get particularly quiet. The mind will become contented, will be able to feel that. probably transform again. All these mind states, maybe not exactly me, but visiting energies,
you might notice at different moments during the day the mind wanting something wanting to get rid of something if it happens pay attention feel that experience of wanting something resisting something just to learn about that animal allow it to do what it does with mindfulness curiosity
what is the attitude in there? Is the mind uh, wanting to get rid of something or to get something? Is the mind vague or lust or caught? Or is there the presence of some curiosity or quietness? Maybe the mind is non-reactive. Not pushing away or trying to get, just no noticing, experiencing. Sometimes just by asking the question, how is it in there? What's the mood? Often it will create better inner conditions.
So in his uh, instruction around uh, states of mind, the Buddha says, uh, you know, when the mind is scattered, know the mind is scattered. When the mind is unified or concentrated, know it's concentrated. When it's benevolent, know it's benevolent. When it's harsh, know it's harsh. So he's not saying when it's harsh, it shouldn't be harsh. He's saying when it's harsh, know it's harsh. And the thing that is happening there, you might think this is very passive, you know, just noticing, just feeling. It's actually very active because by bringing in mindfulness and all the qualities that come in the wake of mindfulness, by bringing mindfulness in, it's actually changing what's happening. You're bringing in care, attention, and so it's going to alter the state. You're you're not uh, you're stopping feeding the 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 mind states that are uh, entangling, we could say, by waking up in the middle of them. You know, there's something that is transformed there. If you uh, become mindful of a mind state that is uh, liberating, uh, onward-leading, helping, beneficial for you and others, you'll actually feel it. You'll feel it when compassion kicks in, when there's care that kicks in, that quality, you're going to feel it. And that's going to be strengthened in this way. By mindfulness, it's going to it's going to be nourished, and so we're starving uh, the, the the habits of mind that are detrimental to us, and we're learning intuitively to uh, 
cultivate the beautiful qualities of mind. And so now it takes the form of a walking meditation for some of us, and for just a little few of us, the form of a small meeting. Uh, the practice continues in the, these different forms. If you have a meeting, uh, when it's, it's time for the meeting, I invite you, if it's possible, to come straight to the meeting, because there's a little time to check in. And so if you come uh, right in, we'll do this uh, together, and we won't have to wait uh, for you to... I don't know what you have to do. You go through the secret door. <laughs> There is a secret door. I know nobody see, see it. And nobody knows about it. But there's a secret door. You go through, and you'll see my bed is there, but right there, there's another room just behind here. And there's space for us to sit in uh, and check in a little bit. Okay? So let's... Uh, Yeah, let's explore this. We have a full morning of exploration. The secret of practice, did I say it here? What the secret is? Continuity. <laughs> so not giving up, not forcing, not giving up. So as you stand up, know you're standing up in the most soft way. It's really like accompanying yourself. It's not like, okay, I have to be mindful. It's, it's, it's been there for what's happening. So it's sweet in a way. It's It's this, this, this something about it that is uh, natural, you know, that we can gain access to again. Uh, enjoy the morning of practice if possible. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.